Next on BYU Sports Nation, with three listed starters at running back, which one deserves the most carries Saturday? Competition is a good thing, maybe the best of things, Shawshank Redemption. But can too much competition be an issue at this point of the season? And how would Corbin Kafusi defend Zach Wilson? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is up? BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, October 23rd. I am Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is getting out his winter cold clothes from storage. So I'm team up with a man who believes that the best part of waking up is porridge in his cup, Jason Shepard. Look. I have grown up. You have just assuming that porridge is essentially oatmeal. Okay, and we am had I, a discussion I, this. We, we had this a discussion. Like, this what is porridge? It, yeah. Basically, I'm right. Like apparently, porridge is a type of oatmeal, or oatmeal is a type of porridge. One's oats, one's it's grains. One Oat other, is a right? grain. It's yeah. it's the same thing, right? Yeah, I, I kept saying uh, t- too high, too low, or just right, and so the thought of porridge. Every time you say that, I immediately yeah. think of Goldilocks, and then it's the porridge. Yeah. And yeah, porridge that we still don't really know what it is. These uh, are the things that we discuss uh, during the show, <laughs> right before, <laughs> literally seconds before. <laughs> Uh, much to discuss on the program today. We've got David Nixon in 15. How much tougher is Zach Wilson's challenge versus Northern Illinois than Hawaii? Lauren McLean uh, goes between the lines from West Coast Conference Hoops Media Day in 30 minutes. And what didn't Corbin Kafusi do during the bye week coming up in 40 minutes? But first, here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. After a bye week for both teams, BYU football hosts Northern Illinois, a battle of four and three teams, Saturday at 3.30 Eastern in the first meeting between the two programs. What's the city in Illinois they're from? DeKalb. Yes, we worked on that yesterday as well. It was Forage today. It was DeKalb yesterday. Head coach Kalani Satake, do you think the Huskies are good or what? Really good quality team in Northern Illinois, well coached. Um, and they, they've... Uh, They've had some really good games, you know. They 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 uh, play really tough defense, um, all American DN that's really active. But I think their whole defense is just really tough, and offensively they they run the ball and they block punts on 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 special teams. So they're they're a really effective team. Yes, they are. Pre-game coverage Saturday begins at 1:30 Eastern on BYU Radio and BYU TV's countdown to kickoff is live at 2:30 Eastern. For the seventh straight week, BYU women's volleyball sits atop the ABCA coaches poll as the number one team in the land. Also, the Cougars still to this point have only lost one set in WCC play. It's incredible. It's unbelievable. And because of that, senior setter Lindy Haddock-Epic is the West Coast Conference Player of the Week after wins against LMU and Pepperdine and leveraging the BYU Sports Nation karma from the end of last week. This is her second Player of the Week award this season. Jimmer Fredette scored 31 points in a Shanghai Sharks loss to the Zhejiang Lions. A big rivalry. To 92. When those two teams get together, you throw out the records. That's what Brian Logan said yesterday. Brandon Davies led Zalgiris Kanas to an 88-75 victory yesterday with 20 points and 5 rebounds. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right, the Game Notes depth chart isn't always what is actually the case, but it's what we have, so let's run with it. In the latest edition, BYU lists three starting running backs. Not one, not two, but three. 
Squally Canada, Lopini Katoa, and Matt Hadley, with Riley Burt listed fourth so that everyone will stop complaining. All have shown flashes of brilliance. All seem to deserve some playing time. So, Jason, which BYU running back deserves the most carries? I'm gonna, but before you answer, uh, what? let's play the blind resume game. Hit it. Okay, we've got a blind resume of four running backs. Pick which one you think deserves the most carries. Running back number one has 334 yards, 4.7 to carry, five touchdowns. Ooh. Running back number two, 263 yards, 4.8 to pop, four touchdowns. Running back number three, 114 yards, 9.5 yards per carry, nearly a first down every time he rushes, and a touchdown. And running back number four, 102 yards, 4.4, a tote, and one touchdown. Who is your guy? I, I like seeing the 9.5 yards per carry, but I'm going to go with the player that is averaging more yards than any, or that has more yards than everybody else and more touchdowns than everybody else. I'm going with running back one. I would go with one as well. And let's reveal who these players are. Number one is Wally Canada. Number two is Lopini Cato. Number three, Matt Hadley. And number four, Riley. Give me the ball some more, please. Bert. Okay, so so why Squally? Okay, he's been he's been banged up. We're still not sure if he's yes. ready to go on yes. Saturday. Yes, that's the the blind resume test. I went with running back one, which was Squally. I'm going ultimately though with Lopini Katoa, and here's why: for the reason that you just mentioned, he's been the best, most consistent running back next to Squally Canada. Speaking of Lopini, even if Squally comes back, how healthy? Is he going to be? In every game he's played this year, that ankle has been an issue. It's affected him more in some games than others, but it's probably something he's going to just have to deal with the entire season. Katoa is healthy. He's proven that he can be productive, and I think he's more of a known due to the unknown regarding Squally's injury. Peeney also brings the option. I realize this isn't you know, running the ball, but he also gives you the option of catching the football out of the backfield. He's second on the team, by the way, in catches. So they're really? utilizing yeah. him in that role. Riley Burt, Matt Hadley have both provided help. But behind Squally, there's no doubt in my mind that Katoa is the guy. So I'm going with Lopini. Yeah, if Squally's healthy, he's the guy. Listen, uh, 4.7 to carry, two runs of 40-plus at Wisconsin, five rushing touchdowns, still leads the team in rushing despite barely playing in two games. He missed the last game against Hawaii. BYU is 3-1 and one when Canada gets 10 carries in a game. Okay, But you're right. If, if Squally Canada isn't healthy and isn't effective, and I think those two are tied together, it's Lopini Katoa. He hasn't done anything not to deserve. Plenty of carries, 4.8 a tote, four touchdowns rushing, uh, he has five touchdowns overall, has a receiving touchdown. As you mentioned, his ability to uh, catch the rock is effective. I think the BYU, we're talking about who deserves the most carries. I think all four of those guys see some look, uh, get a look on Saturday. Matt Hadley is going to be more of a, a, a guy. Kalani Stake has been very clear publicly saying, hey, he deserves more, uh, more attention. Well, and, and I think that's one of the reasons that the offense specifically the running game, was so productive is because you had all of those guys getting yeah. significant carries. You know, Matt Hadley is not able to break you know, some of those runs if he's not getting the ball consistently. And you had Katoa getting the ball. You had Riley Burke getting the ball. Everybody kind of had their opportunity, and th- that leads to that. So, yeah, I mean, I certainly expect to see all of these guys. But in terms of the bulk of the load, if – Squally and and Jeff Grimes said yesterday on Coordinator's Corner that he he expects 
Squally to be back. It's still not determined 100%, but he's certainly hoping that that's the case. But again, it boils down to how healthy he is. Katoa is healthy. That's why I go with him. All season long, the coaches have talked about the importance of competition. They said no spot is guaranteed and that the best player at that position will play. That's very prevalent at the linebacker position. Just ask Kalani. Those linebacker spots, we're still competing for all of them. So you have guys like last week we played a little bit more nickel. You saw Mike Shelton on the game and Tanner Jacobson at the nickel spot. Um, there's guys like Adam Pulsifer that are still competing for more playing time. Rhett Sandlin. Uh, there's a number of guys, that are freshmen, Peyton Wilgar and Max Tooley that are in in the mix. And Jackson Kafusi and Isaiah Kafusi started last week. So it's good, healthy competition. And, and um, as soon as guys uh, can win the spot, they get it. That's how it works. Jerem, should starters be competing for jobs at this point of the season? They aren't performing up to snuff, uh, perhaps. Yeah, I, I think in most walks of life, hey, if you aren't good enough, then you got to get out. i got to be a good co-host on this show or I'm out, right? Like, I, I understand that idea. But that isn't the case necessarily for everybody. Did Dian Gonwoloku have to earn his spot pack? No, he got healthy, and then he was just put in because he's a good player. Um, BYU has started... Brady Christensen, Keanu Saliapaga, James MP, Tristan Hodge, and Austin Dwight. The last five games, three of them freshmen. Did they have to earn it each week in practice? Perhaps they did. There is some confidence, though, in knowing you're the guy yes. at a certain position. I would say that certain people handle that better than others. Others are mentally strong in that category. Others are not. Others need the affirmation. Um, perhaps guys are winning it in the film room in practice. If so, great. But by game seven, it seems like if you're good, you should be good. The quick answer is, yes, everybody should compete and the best guy plays. I mean, that just makes sense, especially when the ultimate goal is to win football games. You want to put your best foot forward. That means finding the right guy and playing that guy. Beyond the easy answer, though, it brings up the question, should there even be competition at positions this late in the season? Like The idea of competing and playing the best guy makes complete sense, but I, I would have to believe that the coaches would love to have guys solidify spots and not even have to worry about it being a question, like you were talking about. At this point in the year, you would think that that stuff would be solidified. Like you'd think that Butch Powell would be the middle linebacker. He's not. Well, look, Sony Takitaki is the middle look, linebacker in, now. This in, is new this week. Yes. In fairness, some positions have been that way. Center, center's one of them where there has been. It's the majority of the positions yes. minus a few spots. Look, injuries play a role in this conversation as well because if a starter goes out, right. then you're dealing with depth. But At like, that point. Does Squally Canada have to re-earn his position? I thought he's well, been pretty good. Well, he has been really good. But if you're going with what all of the coaches are talking about, then yes, he would. But I'm wondering why he has to re-earn his position. So Spencer's gone for three days. Should he have to re-earn his host spot? No, he's just the host. <laughs> he comes back, he hosts, I sit right like there. there there's good. nothing wrong with competing <laughs> and playing the best guys. But you would think at this point right. that you wouldn't have to. Now, if the ratings suck for three days in a row or something, you know, yeah, then you have a conversation, whatever. But no, he comes back, he's the guy. Vegas has BYU as a double-digit favorite against Hawaii a couple weeks ago, and we wondered why. We were like, what's going on? But Vegas knew as they off do. They don't always know, but they knew. Uh, now the Cougars enter Saturday's matchup with Northern Illinois as a 7.5-point favorite. Jason, is that too high, too little, or just right? Mm, porridge. I'm a little surprised it's actually not larger than that. Really? Yeah, I, I, I understand. Look, if there's one thing that Northern Illinois can hang their hat on, it's a 
very good defense. Their defense is really, really good. Their offense is average at best, okay? BYU also coming off its best offensive performance of the season. They're at home. I would have expected it, honestly, to be closer to 10. So I'm a little – I think it's actually a little low. It seems fair to me. Is this the Zach Wilson effect, though? Let's look at this. I feel like the previous version of BYU's offense would have been like a six-point favorite or fewer, so perhaps it goes up a little bit. Like you said, NIU has a good defense. I'll say it all week. Top 25 in the following. Fumbles recovered, sacks, yards per play, takeaways, and tackles for loss. Are those important things? The answer is yes. They're good. Can BYU's offense move the ball on the Husky defense? A Utah offense struggled on the road in DeKalb uh, (laughs) against the Huskies. NIU has four wins this season, by the way. All in the MAC. Only one of those teams had a winning record. Combined record of 12 and 18. All four wins decided by three or eight points. So the Husky offense isn't good. They scored 19 in the game. Haven't scored more than 24. So I think that I think that this is a fair line. I think BYU will cover and win by eight plus in this game. This this just kind of it's it seems like in a way it's a little bit of the opposite of what we saw when Hawaii was in. You know, we were talking about why is the margin so big for be in favor of BYU, and you know they were they were they weren't buying into Hawaii. Right. This just strikes me as they're they're really buying into the the Northern Illinois defense. But if they can't score, yeah, that's been the and, issue. and they're one dimensional in terms of they're not a great passing team. Yeah. They're, they're a rush first team, and BYU can stop and, the run. and BYU can stop the run. I I just I would like I said I would expect it to be closer to ten. Going back to our question of the day, which BYU running back deserves the most carries moving forward, let's get to the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Toby Mack on Twitter. Taysom Hill, honestly, but since he's out of eligibility, (laughs) I would say Luke Staley then. I guess Squally if he's healthy, followed by Cato, and after that, evenly distributed between Hadley and Burt. See, that's the caveat, if he's healthy. The Hawaii game is the only instance in which we saw three different guys get enough carries, right? Uh, typically, it's been Squally or Lopini. It's been kind of two guys. So I'm interested to see what BYU does in terms of mixing it up against NIU because they have not. They've kind of stuck to their main guys. Well, so Jeff far. Grimes said on Coordinator's Corner that those the other guys have have earned carries. Okay. So I based I, on the Hawaii game. Based on the Hawaii game. So I, I think that you're gonna probably see these guys getting an opportunity. And then if somebody emerges from that, then then maybe you maybe it zeroes in, but I think you're gonna see them. Weigh in on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. We'll get to more of your responses coming up. Coming up, just how would Corbin Kafusi defend Zach Wilson? We'll ask him later in our two on one. Had a one word answer. And next, what is the craziest bi-week story David Nixon can tell us? This is BYU Sports Nation. He's a crazy guy. Probably has a crazy story. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight at 8 Eastern, watch BYU football with Kalani Satake. Host Greg Rubel talks with Coach Satake, defensive back Michael Shelton, and... Quarterback coach Aaron Roderick. It's Tuesdays tonight, 8 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. Or Tuesday. Tuesday. As my dad says. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. If you missed the show live, you can download the podcast or watch it on BYUSN.com. Our question of the day, which BYU running back deserves the most carries going forward? At NickLee51 on Twitter. Squally, if healthy, if not Katoa, who actually has a slightly higher 
yards per carry average than Canada. Headley's a good change of pace, but not a bell cow. And perhaps that's his role, and Riley Bird is a change of pace back. I don't know. It sounds like Matt Hadley's going to get more run this week, so we'll see. I mean, after that performance, I would certainly hope so. I think that. And, I think what they saw out of him, that was pretty encouraging. And the defensive difference between Hawaii and, and NIU is, is stark. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Now joining us is a former BYU player, four-year NFL vet. You can watch him on After Further Review and Countdown to Kickoff in the postgame show. David Nixon now joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. What's up, David Nixon? Hey, what's going on, fellas? So, BYU had a bye week. Uh, Did you have any fun stories from bye weeks back in your day? Was it a chill week? Was it a film week? What was it? Uh, College, I think the most fun I had was sitting on my couch, recovering, and watching other football games. I mean, look, listen, college, you can't do anything. You have to stay home. You have to continue to study. Get ready for midterms, whatever it may be. Uh, NFL, those were the fun bye weeks. That's when you take off and go vacation for a little bit. But uh, college, (laughs) college, you still got classes you got to worry about. It's not a true bye week. That's true. I would have thought thought a lot of golf would have been played by you. (laughs) I didn't have money to play golf back then. I mean, you you gotta you, unless you go to East Bay, I guess. But uh, you know, <laughs> there, goes, there goes our potential sponsorship. Thanks for that, man. Yeah, we love hey, East Bay. Great golf course. I played there last week. It's a great golf course. The, the executive uh, just a few bucks, you know. Okay, yeah. so so BYU is a seven. Speaking of money, BYU is a seven and a half point favorite against Northern Illinois. Do you think that's a fair line? I think so. I mean, obviously, BYU's getting some points for being at home. Um, I think a lot of it's based off of how they played against Hawaii, and, and Zach Wilson kind of was he's done to this program and infused some energy into it. Um, you know, Northern Illinois, they're, they're a formidable opponent. I mean, they've they played Utah tough, and we've seen what Utah's done and turned on as of lately. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a fair line. Both teams coming off buys, both teams getting healthy. So it's definitely an intriguing game, no doubt. Why was the offense so much more productive with Zach Wilson in a quarterback? I think it just provided a spark. This is an offense that's been struggling to find its identity. That's kind of been up and down um, throughout the season. Uh, you know, first few games went, uh, you know, against Wisconsin, against Arizona, didn't have turnovers, played really well. Uh, then you look at Utah State and, you know, first turn, turnover in the, on the second series of the game for, you know, pick six. And anyways, I think they've just been all over the board. Um, and I think Zach came in and was able to move the ball. And I think just that simple fact to be able to move the ball on a consistent basis is what really just made everyone excited not only the offensive players but defensive players fans everybody um and he just brings a whole new element and i think some of that was because Hawaii didn't quite know how to scheme against them um and and now that he's got some film out there you know other teams are going to be uh watching him closely and be able to scheme against them but I think at the end of the day, when you got a quarterback that can run uh, and 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 provide that threat, it makes it that much tougher for a defense because then you have to count for him as almost a running back. Uh, and next thing you know, you take a guy out of pass coverage to have to spy him uh, and, and and watch him. And next thing you know, that that opens up throwing lanes in the passing game. And also on on his own reads, whatever it may be, uh, you've got to you've got to have a guy sit back just in case he keeps it. You know, when and you touched on you know it wasn't just the offense. The defense, I thought, had a spark. And how much, I mean, I don't know how much that had to do with, you know, Zach Wilson and if they were pumped up or anything like that, but they were certainly much more aggressive against Hawaii than we've seen in weeks past, for sure. 
And I think a lot of that goes to the fact that Elisa Tuiaki can dial up blitzes and they can come after the quarterback knowing that, hey, listen, if we dial up a blitz and, and, and we get beat deep for a touchdown, you've got a quarterback that's moving the ball well. Those guys got our back. They're going to come down and score some points for us, and they're going to make up for our mistake. Um, so you can take more risk. You can take more chances when you've got an offense that can produce. And, and, our, and that was the same way with us with John Beck and, and Max Hall. Uh, Bronco would dial up blitzes, exotic blitzes, and bring us from everywhere uh, knowing that if we did get burned and we gave up a big play that Max is going to drive the offense down the next series anyways and it's a wash at that point and the hope is that you eventually dial up enough uh, blitzes and enough pressures to where you win right I mean you, you hopefully you, you you come out on the on the on the on the top at the end of the day but uh, you know I, I think that's something that once again the the defense gets excited when they know that they, they've got an offense that can put points up um, it helps them with energy wise they know the game's not on them there's not a lot of pressure on them knowing that you know it's all on their shoulders uh, but the offense can bear some of that and so so, uh, listen, I think it was, a, it was a change that had to be made. Uh, Tanner, from, from all accounts, and watching his kind of composure and demeanor on the sideline, he handled it very well. So credit to him. Kudos to him for, for handling it like a professional. Um, but uh, it was a change that needed to be made, and, and so far it's paid off. Now you're going to face, as you mentioned at, at the top of this interview, with Northern Illinois, it's a much, uh, they're, they're much better defense compared to what Hawaii was. And so um, we'll see how Zach comes out, see if he can get on a roll and keep rolling, or if he's going to, you know, maybe see start seeing some freshman mistakes. I think everyone hopes for the former, uh, that he can go out there and, and perform the way he did against Hawaii and, and kind of keep this freshman season going for him. Nice pull on the former. Most people always go with the latter, so thanks for that. We're talking to David Nixon on BYU Sports Nation. And you bring up a great point, and we've talked about it uh, on the pregame show a bunch this year, is if BYU can't run the ball, they don't win. They're averaging 55 yards in losses, over 200 in wins, so if BYU can't run the ball, do you think Zach Wilson can be the game changer to loosen up the offense with his legs and his arm? Uh, I don't. Not against Northern Illinois. I mean, you look at their stud defensive end, Sutton Smith. I mean, he's an All-American type kid uh, who'll be playing on Sundays. Uh, you know, if, if if he knows it's going to be passing situations on first, second, and third down, he's going to tee off, and, and you're going to see a lot of pressure. Uh, and that's the thing about Northern Illinois as well. When you watch the film, they bring exotic pressures from all over the field. They've got guys coming from the field side, from the boundary side, bringing backers everywhere, bringing safeties, corners. It's it's uh, you, you keep especially a freshman quarterback. You keep on his heels. He's not sure where it's all coming from. Um, and, and that's the one thing Zach hasn't seen a lot of pressures. Hawaii didn't, didn't get to him much. Um, it didn't rattle him. And so for me, it's, for Zach, it's, hey, can you keep the composure? Can you sit in the pocket knowing that the pressure's going to be coming? Can you take a hit and still deliver the ball on time? Uh, I think that's the intriguing matchup right there is this Northern Illinois defense versus Zach Wilson. Um, and how can he manage the game? Can he be turnover free? Uh, and, and once again, the running game, can he get the running game going? Okay, Katoa, we saw, man, it was by committee, as you guys were mentioning earlier, uh, with Matt, Matt Hadley. Who, who saw Matt Hadley coming in and being the bruiser running back? It was awesome, you know? Uh, and then, of course, you know, Riley Burke kind of provided a spark as well. And so um, can this running game get going and can they sustain it? And if so, then once again, it, it opens up that pass game for Zach. Definitely with the play action boots um, and, and get him out out on the perimeter running and give him that option to either throw it or keep it. Well, let's take that the running back question one step further. That's our question of the day. Which running back do you believe deserves the most carries on Saturday? Oh 
man. Uh, I mean, they all had a heyday against Hawaii. Uh, I think you continue to give the ball to Katoa. I think he's going to be your future back. He's a freshman kid. Uh, that has got a lot of promise. Um, but, listen, they all deserve it. I mean, you look what Matt Hadley did. I, I think he's going to be your short down back. He's a guy that's just willing to go in there and just sacrifice his body to get a yard or two. Um, and then, of course, you got Riley Burt that he's waited in the wings for years, and I think he deserves it as well because when he did get his touches, he made him count. So um, I, I think you continue to give him all a dose and kind of see how each one plays out. If, if you see one horse a little stronger than the other, you, you kind of feed him. But, uh, you know, I, I think they all deserve some touches, and they all kind of bring a little something different to the game, which, which I like. They're all kind of a change of pace, and they bring kind of a little, uh, you know, looking at how, like I said, he's more of a bruiser. Ali Burt's uh, more of a scat back, and then, of course, you got Katoa that's great out of the backfield receiving as well. So uh, they all throw a different wrench in this offense for, for defenses and, and kind of give people a different look. BYU has played a lot of freshmen. You were a guy who played as a freshman. In fact, BYU's played 25 this year, including 15 true freshmen. Ten have started, including five true in the last game against Hawaii. BYU started seven, six on offense. Is this, in my question, is this a good or bad thing? The good is obviously you're building for the future, but is it bad that there aren't more upperclassmen in these spots? I think so. I think it is a bad thing in that sense. I mean, you you need leadership. And if your freshmen are your leaders and they're your starters, it's usually not a good sign. It's a good sign that we're, the BYU is still winning. They're 4-3, and three, even with all this young talent and with these young leaders. I mean, your quarterback's a true freshman, and he should be more or less your team captain. Um, and so, yes, it is a little worrisome, but at the same time, I guess it's a credit to Kalani and, and their recruiting that they're getting kids that can come in and contribute right away. Sure. And the positive about it, too, is you can then take that same message on the road, and, and when you're recruiting kids you say listen if you're the best player you will play as a freshman as a as a true freshman you will contribute come in here you fight for a spot and you'll be rewarded what's wild uh, is yesterday jeff grimes the offensive coordinator on coordinator's corner said when i was hired we had not signed zach wilson gunner romney or dallin holker so i think the jeff grimes effect is pretty uh, prevalent not only in play calling but in recruiting too this season yeah, no doubt. And I think it's, you know, what, what he brings to the table is just infectious. I, he, he's a fantastic coach. Uh, I think it's been well documented. He was there when I was there. Um, and I, even though he was on the offensive side of the ball and I was the defense side of the ball, it was fun watching him coach his guys up. He's a terrific coach. He knows what he's doing. Uh, he, he brings a, a, a kind of this demand of discipline uh, that this BYU team and really the offense was lacking. Um, and, yeah, I tell you what, I, I do love the fact, and you heard Kalani mention yesterday as well, all positions are up for, for battle. And if you come in and, and, and you're a freshman, a freshman or senior, it doesn't matter what class you are. If you're the better player and you win that position battle, you will play. And I think that sends a message to the upper class as well. There's no complacency. You can't just come in and expect for your position just to be locked up. you got to come in and grind every day. And uh, I think that pushes everybody at the end of the day to, to do better in the film room, to continue to get stronger, to stay healthy. There's no, hey, I'm going to sit out this week because I have a bum ankle. No, you got to get that thing nursed up and you got to get out there. And so uh, I think that pushes the entire team and, and when you send the message that hey you got five freshmen that started uh you know there's plenty more in the wings you better be ready uh like i said i think that's only good for the team well and you answered the question because we we're going to ask you should starters still have to compete for their jobs you just talked about that are you surprised though that and, and it, granted injuries play a role in this we can't can't disregard that but are you surprised that that there isn't more solidified in terms of starters at this point 
Yeah, I, listen, I think you've got guys like Sione Takitaki and, and, and other players that, you know, Corbin Kafusi. those guys aren't going to get beat out. Even if they have an injury, you've got to go with those guys because they are leaders. They have the experience. And this is one thing freshmen don't have. They don't have the experience. They haven't seen, you know, if you're a defensive player, you haven't seen all these exotic offenses, and you haven't, you don't, you're not quite sure how to make adjustments and changes. And I can speak to this because, as Jerry mentioned, I, I started as a freshman. I remember it was like it was the craziest thing ever. It was a whirlwind every game because you just got all these different things come along. Whereas when you're a senior, the game slows down for you, no question. Uh, you have a better feel for things. You can, you can anticipate certain type of plays. Um, and so these upperclassmen, while they're fighting through injuries, I don't think, you know, when Clyde mentions that, that all positions are up for grabs, I, I, I think he takes into account injuries and, and how guys are nursing stuff getting back. Um, but at the same time, uh, like I said earlier, it pushes you. So instead of saying, you know what, I'm a nurse this next day, you realize maybe I should get out there and push my body a little bit. I mean, it's, you've got 12 weeks to push your body. That, that's the beauty about, about football is that it's only a 12, 13-week season. So you've got to make them count. And, and, uh, and I think that's one thing that this BYU team is, is starting to feel is that they've got to grind. And every week is a grind. And, and you know, they get a, get a nice bye week, but now you head into Northern Illinois, and it's going to be a grind for the rest of the season with Boise State, Utah still left and a few others, so um, I'm excited to see kind of how the, the season plays out and if BYU can get on a roll and kind of get hot before they head into uh, the last game of the year, the big robbery game. Well, good stuff, David. No after further review tonight, but we will see you Saturday on uh, Countdown to Kickoff at 2.30 Eastern Time. Thanks for the time, man. Yeah, looking forward to it. Talk to you later, guys. Thanks, David. That's David Nixon on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Lots, yeah. lots to take in there, including, and we didn't get to, we'll break it down later in the week on the pregame show, but a, a revamped linebacker lineup. You only have one of the original three starters from fall camp now. Yeah, there's, uh, there's, there's been a lot of changes. This, this team has evolved, just like you would expect every year. Teams evolve, but the personnel has evolved. Due to injury and, yeah, due to injury and ineptitude and, a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, coming up, what did or didn't? Corbin Kafusi do during the bye week. We go two-on-one with BYU's defensive end. And next, Lauren McClain spent some time in Vegas, always dangerous, last week for the West Coast Conference Hoops Media Day. It's a fresh edition of Between the Lines. This is BYU Sports Nation. Check out BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano, the latest at Cooper Sports with the social media twist. You can watch it right now. On the BYU Sports Nation Facebook, IGTV, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. Welcome back, Jeremy and Jason and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand. Let's check out some of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. After a bye week for both teams, Cougars host the Huskies of Northern Illinois. Saturday, 3.30 Eastern, in the first meeting between the two programs. Pre-game coverage begins at 1.30 Eastern with your boy, Jason Born Identity Shepherd on BYU Radio. And BYU TV's countdown to kickoff live at 2.30 Eastern time. BYU Women's Volleyball, yep, they're still number one. The latest AVCA coaches poll came out. Cougars on top. BYU now been ranked seven weeks in a row at number one. It's awesome. Senior setter Lindy Haddock-Epic of said volleyball team is West Coast Conference Player of the Week after wins against LMU and Pepperdine. This is her second Player of the Week award this season. Jimmer Fredette just wrapping up a game with his Shanghai Sharks. Jimmer scoring 31 points in a loss to the Lions, 108-92. Also, which Lions? That would be the Xinjiang Lions. Thank you. 108-92. Brandon Davies led Zalgiris Kaunas to victory yesterday. See, the, the slower you say it, the more people know you don't know how to say it. Led them to victory yesterday. 20 <laughs> points, 5 rebounds, right. 88-75 victory. 
Those are the headlines. Now joining us is Lauren McLean, who I know was on the show to kind of recap Vegas. But now you you've you have something to present us from all of these luscious interviews. I do. Vegas was nuts. Let's just say it always as is. usual. <laughs> yeah, we got to sit. So for the first day, I sat down with the coaches and players on the women's side, and we got some very unique and entertaining content from them. We did our best to try and condense all the goodness into one little segment. We'll see how it turns out because there was so much. So that being said, let's go Between the Lines. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. Welcome to the 8th Annual West Coast Conference Basketball Tip-Off. Okay, we're going to play a little game with you guys. So we're going to see how well you know each other. What is Amila's secret talent? Falling down. She falls down all the time. I might be a little clumsy. Singing. Dancing. Oh, that's a good one. I thought singing at first, and I was like, I'm not even going to subject everybody to that. She's just a little tone deaf, that's all. (laughs) I'm trying. I think she can sing. Singing. What would you say? Yeah. Singing? Yeah. I did it when I was a little kid. (laughs) Okay, Megan, what would you say? Um, Eating? Yeah! Can you just eat a lot? Like, yeah. Like, I, I know exactly who to sit next to when yeah. we have, like, dinners because they just go, here, Meg, you want this? I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'll eat it all. What's her go-to snack? <laughs> all right, let's see. Coach, what is that? I'm a laughing yummy. Come on, Eggos. But that's not a snack. Almost. Who is her celebrity crush? <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Oh. What's your butt? JT. Justin Timberlake. That's a good one, though. That, okay, yeah, that's probably top three. Oh, Jetty, you know this one. We talked <laughs> about this. No, no, wait, no, wait. Oh, oh, I can't remember his name. The guy who played Thor. Chris Hemsworth. Close. Yeah. It's his brother, Liam. Oh, that's pretty good, Cole. That's a pretty good memory. Okay. What song or artist is your coach's go-to on her iTunes? Who? Boys the Men. What the... <laughs> Mary J. Blonde. Oh. oh my goodness. She is the queen. <laughs> okay, next one. What is your coach's game day superstition? Uh, same music, same playlist. If I have to listen to Thunder one more time, I, when I'm in my car and it comes on, I immediately <laughs> turn it down. I mean, we always have a really early shoot around and always get to the gym super early. I think, feel like she, that's like her big thing. So early. How'd I do? You know, I have to have my bottled water in a certain place and I have to have my piece of gum waiting for me on the locker room and I have to have blue pins waiting. They have to be right. The locker room has to be set up right. So I don't know if it's... Are those superstitions or are they just like uh, OCD? I don't know. All right, what is your coach's favorite WCC venue to play in? I'm just going to please everybody here. BYU and Gonzaga, nice. Yeah. Is that, I mean, are you just appeasing us? Or oh, no, 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 I really like, no, I think it's super cool. And you guys have really good Gatorade. It's different Gatorade than other places? Yeah. We we make sure we bring our water bottles to, to fill up. It's so good. We've never had, like, anytime we go to BYU, we know we're going to have the green Gatorade. This was a little more unique. So what's going to happen is you're going to do your best impersonation no. or go-to phrase of your coach. You can't, you can't swear in here. So it's B, it's BYU TV. Right. So you got to you got to keep Take about half of them away. <laughs> so yeah, we finished doing the a drill okay. and we're like, "Okay, like 
it's over, so we're about to go over and get water. And she's like, work for your water! Who wants it? So we're lined up at the baseline, and we have to, somebody has to walk up to the free throw, the line that they make the free throw. She's like, all right, get your love and get your water. <laughs> she, word for word, word for word. My shot is the same every time. It's so smooth. You guys are shots, your elbows are out, your hand's not middle of the ball, my shot is the same, and it's smooth. <laughs> how, how accurate was that, coach? It's really accurate, because I knew I had the best shot. <laughs> <laughs> what if the word is inappropriate that he says? You, you can bleep yourself out. <laughs> Poop balls. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> Uh, do I get beeped out in this? <laughs> Sydney Raggio, get your head out of your bottom. Yeah. <laughs> well, well then. Yes, that was a great ending. Peep. Next week on Between the Lines, we're going to condense the goodness of the men's WCC media days. Follow us on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL and using the hashtag BYUBTL. The harder the coaches uh. laugh, you knew the more it was spot on. Yeah. My favorite was Jetty. Well, I do have the better shot. I do have the better shot. <laughs> uh, Alicia Milton-Jones so is humble. the best, by the way. Oh, she's She's incredible. like in my top ten favorite people on the planet Earth. She's so funny. She's so spunky. It was a blast. Pepperdine's head coach. Yeah, yep. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, she was a, she's a legend. Hey, thanks, Lauren. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to next week. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Coming up, how does Corbin Kafusi like the role of spy in the BYU defense? Or just a spy in general for the government. And how would he defend Zach Wilson if he played against the freshman quarterback? Our two-on-one is next. This is BYU Sports Day. Between the Lines is brought to you by Tim Daly Nissan. Think Nissan. Think Tim Daly Southtown. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU men's hoops beginning exhibition play tomorrow night against St. Martin's, by the way, in Washington. Watch on BYU TV, not the game, they're from Washington. Watch on BYU TV, listen on BYU Radio at 9 Eastern. Radio pregame starts at 8 Eastern. Living in the state of Washington for a time as a kid, it'd be like, oh, where are you from, Washington, D.C.? It's like, no. The state, <laughs> Washington State. So everyone from the state of Washington battles this yes. when they talk to other people. Lacey, Washington is where St. Martin there you is go. from. She, Lacey's very nice. I've heard. Yes. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Corbin Kafusi will end up playing just three years of football after initially switching completely over to basketball and then back over to football. Now that Kafusi is a senior, he's a leader on the defensive line. And at 6'9", 275, he's an imposing figure on the line. Here's our two-on-one conversation with the BYU sack leader. All right, Corbin, everyone wants to know what everyone did on the bye week, but what didn't you do on the bye week? I didn't do a lot of things. <laughs> and that's awesome, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. most most of the time was spent in the cool basement of mine, you know, either on a couch or on a bed, just sleeping. But, yeah, I think that's what a lot of guys did. It seems like any time the bye week shows up, everyone wants, is this a good time for this team to be, have a bye? Did, did you guys feel it was a good time for you, and if so, why? I think for sure because this is a little bit past the midway point. And, you know, if you have the bye week too early, sometimes it's like you're, you're not banged up enough to really get the full recovery. So I think we're at a good point where it's like, okay, everyone's pretty banged up. You know, everyone has their little things. So we all need to rest. 
We're looking at your elbow. You have a brace on. Everything okay? You doing oh it? yeah, yeah. I'll be good. This is you know this is just a, an accessory for looks. It's for fun. Yeah, this is, this is for fun. Just okay. wanted to try it out, take Whatever, it out for man. a spin. Yeah. <laughs> I, before the interview, I said you have the handsome tiny yellow look. <laughs> yeah, you know, handsome JJ Watt. You know, whatever. That's right, JJ Watt. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. You uh, in the pink? Did you choose the pink? By the way, is this uh, is this like a new thing? They gave it as an option, you know. It's it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and so it's like nice pull. Why yeah. not? <laughs> why not? Nice, exactly. So uh, let's recap the Hawaii game. That was a performance that I think was needed for everybody. You guys, the fan base. How refreshing was that performance to mm-hmm. win in that way? It was like you said, exactly what we needed. You know, looking back on that, I was like, there's definitely thing. Of course, there's always stuff you can do better, but it's like that's exactly what we needed. Everyone needed it. The fans, the players, the coaches, everybody. And so, coming off a win like that is huge for us in how we're going to play the rest of the season. Defensively, and and you were talking about this a little earlier. You said that from the defensive standpoint, you guys kind of had a little change of mindset. Instead of, you know stopping what the other team was doing. You guys were kind of laying out the hits. You guys were the ones that were being the aggressor instead of waiting for the offense to come to you guys. What was, what was that change about? I think the biggest thing is when, when you're not playing, like defense players are aggressive in nature. That's just the way defense is, and everyone loves that about it. But if you're not playing aggressively, then there's hesitation. You know, you allow for big plays to happen. And so I think everyone was like, we, we have to be the aggressors because we want to make the big plays. And that's just our mentality. And so let's stop waiting for people to punch us and let's punch them first. <laughs> Two sacks for you in that game, six on the season. How have you felt you've performed this year? You know, it's, it's been pretty decent. It had its highs and lows. And so hopefully we can just keep doing well with it. Are you guys... I know that you guys don't like to look ahead. It's all about the next game. You guys are two games away from getting bowl eligible, and I know that's one of your goals. How happy are you guys that you are on that path to be able to achieve the goals that you guys have set at the beginning of the year? I think that's a a big deal for us. And, you know, last year not being able to go to a bowl game, that definitely hits you right in the heart because this program and the way BYU runs, bowl game just comes usually. You know, like you can't think of BYU football and think, oh, are we going to a bowl game? It's usually just an automatic. So for that to not happen last year, makes this year huge for us. So to be on track means the world to everyone. And you've equaled last year's win total, which is of note as well. Uh, Now you have Northern Illinois coming to town. This is a team that's played three Power 5 teams, lost those, but have won all four MAC games. Offense has struggled. What do you think of the Huskies? You know, I think they're going to be a tough team. And I think we have to go into our preparation this week thinking that, you know, everyone says it, but you can never look down on an opponent. And to beat them the way we want to beat them, it's going to take just as much preparation as every other week. Well, and this is a team that's going to run the ball. You've faced a lot of teams over the last month or so that, that comes in with a, a prolific passing attack. This is a team that's going to want to run the ball and try and, and make that the offense. Yeah, exactly. You know, even thinking about it, like just the mentality of their offense and running the ball makes me think of Wisconsin because that's how they are. It's just kind of this old-school, hard-nosed football, and I love that because when teams run the ball, it's just man versus man, and... It's best man wins. It's like a Midwest thing, right? Mac and the Big Ten, it's like regional. Exactly. Um, Zach Wilson starts against Hawaii, and there was this, it seemed like, an injection of energy into the entire team. Um, What what kind of difference did that make for the defense, having a different quarterback on offense? I think the biggest thing is that, you know, when you're able to, you kind of gain energy off of each other. You know, it's just kind of the snowball effect. And so when the offense is rolling, 
it gets us even more excited and things start to go well for us as well. You know, sometimes when you're just trying to create your own energy and then keep it out there the whole game without anyone else feeding it, then it kind of slowly just deteriorates. But to have the offense going like they were, it was awesome for the defense. How would you defend Zach Wilson? How would I defend Zach Wilson? The, the way I defend all mobile quarterbacks. I'd spy, <laughs> man. I'd spy on that guy. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing about Zach is at no point in that game against Hawaii did he ever look like the moment was too big or that he was overwhelmed with anything. How rare is that? Not just in a young player, but in a young quarterback. Oh, that's, that's huge. And that kind of separates guys that are younger on how they handle the game because, you know, Guys can have all the talent in the world, but when they get out onto the big stage or the first game out in college in front of everyone's eyes, that's where you really see like their maturity level. So for him to come out and did what he did was just incredible. How much interaction do you have with the offense? Because there are special teams moments. You might be in on some of those, right? Mm-hmm. But how much do you say talk to Zach Wilson in the Hawaii game? Uh, during the Hawaii game, yeah. To be honest, like you know, in the game, it's a lot of separation because mm-hmm. as soon as you know defense comes off the field, we go straight to talk to our coaches. And so, same thing with offense. And so most of the time, my interaction is just yelling at the top of my lungs, like, let's go offense, you know, stuff like that. But, and every now and again, like special teams, or if they do something great, like you're able to high-five them and whatnot, but not a ton of interaction. You know, we talked about being on the path, and with five games remaining in the regular season, do you like the trajectory that this team is now going on with five games to go the way you're playing with another month and a half or so to go? Yeah, I think, you know, we're in a great place. We could be in a better place for sure, but... For where we're at, I think, like you said, we're on a great trajectory to do great things the rest of the season. Do you like afternoon games? <laughs> afternoon ga- games are nice, you know, with it getting a little bit cooler. It's nice to have a little bit of warmth for a bit. Do you care if the game's way late? Because a typical, like, home BYU time has become, like, 8.20 kick, right? Oh, yeah. So you have absolutely. to wait all day. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a weird thing. You have to manage your time well. You know, you, you have to manage doing nothing well. For those late games. You seem like you do that really well, Corbin. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to do nothing well. But, but it's a good time. It's an acquired skill. Jason's excellent at it. He well, can, yeah. Hey, here's the thing. We share an office. I it, see it all the time. En- enjoy the afternoon because it was announced that uh, the Boise State game's another 8:15 kick the following week. There we go. Now I'm just going to have to get my planner out and make sure I get everything <laughs> penned in. You still have a planner from your mission or are you a digital guy? Uh, you know, I, I went digital. Yeah. I like the hard yeah. copy. Yeah. But... It would just get wrecked, and then I'd, I was that weird guy that still carried it for a good year after the mission, and people would ask me, <laughs> they're, like, they're, oh, you're that guy? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> there are plenty of those guys on this campus, don't you worry. Well, good luck this week against Northern Illinois, and have fun in an afternoon game. Hey, thank you very much. Oh, the planner guy. <laughs> the, he was the planner guy for a year after his mission. Did it look like I was looking straight up? It looked like Frodo looking at Gandalf. <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. Corbin Kafusi. Oh, man. He's tall. Coming up, Jimmer goes for 30-plus, and Brandon Davies gets a dub. Plus, did the women's volleyball team stay number one, and who got an award? It's in the whip. This is BYU Sports Nation. I'm going to put it in my planner. Hold on. Just say. Much thanks to today's guests, David Nixon and Lauren McLean and Corbin Kafusi. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, no time. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. After a bye week for both teams, BYU football will host Northern Illinois at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, <laughs> wow. 
This is the first meeting ever between the two programs. By the way, pregame on radio will start at 1.30 Eastern. Volleyball. For the seventh straight week, BYU women's volleyball is the number one team in the land of North America in the ABCA coaches poll. Lindy Haddock Epic earns her second WCC Player of the Week award. Haddock Epic led the Cougars two sweeps last week, including a 24-assist, 12-dig effort against LMU. Jimmer! Fredad scored 31 points in a 108-92 loss to the Zhejiang Lions. Cougars overseas. Brandon Davies of Zalgiris Kaunas led his team to victory yesterday, scoring 20 points and five rebounds in an 88-75 victory. Today's rise and shout goes to the number one women's volleyball team. Seven weeks in a row as the number one team. Congratulations. Heading out on the road for, uh, for two matches this week. Trying to keep that undefeated record alive. And I uh, would fully expect them to do so. Let's hope so. Question of the day, which BYU running back deserves the most carries going forward? Let's get to more of your responses. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. At DStokes11 on Twitter. At JSwagDaddy or go home. Uh, There's two responses of players who aren't on the roster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we what? realize what? we realize both Taysom and Jamal were pretty good running the football. Yeah. But they a, play in this, the NFL. It's just in. They're not on the team. Uh, Michael Sorensen on Facebook. Lopini Cato by far. He's only a retro freshman and is already looking like an experienced running back. I think we found our future dynamic duo on the offensive side of the ball for the next three years in Zach and Lopini, or Zach and Zach. Does he consider going back to Zach? Probably not now that there's another Zach literally in the backfield. But you with could him. truly have a Zach attack. Oh my gosh, that's right. Just saying. I see cheesy posters in the future. <laughs> I do. Uh, Russell Grizz on uh, What's Facebook. Up? What's up, Russ? We, we know, we know Russ. See you tonight. At if healthy, head. Canada, probably Squally, maybe the country. He is the best overall back on the team. Lopini is gaining good experience and will be good for years to come. And I'd love to see Hadley get more carries as well. He is a baller no matter where he plays. Yeah, so far so good. They can trust him to play safety, linebacker, and now he's primarily a running back. The elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years, is not about the question of the day, but about an analogy I used in What's Trending at the Casual Hippie tweets. Yes, Spencer Linton should have to earn his host spot back. He should have to beat out Dennis Pitta. Well, Dennis needed Joe Flacco, and Spencer needs me. (laughs) We're talking like steel cage here? No. No. We're not talking like a physical Yeah, not battle. like the Octagon, UFC 240 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, you look, it's, if it's good enough for the football team, it's good enough for everybody, right? What? I don't know. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We love you, Spencer. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN show. Always on demand, BYUSN.com. The audio podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Corby Eason, a friend of Brian Love. BYU Sports Nation, back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern time. Yeah, baby.